everybody, to a very special edition of the Nerdwatch Podcast tonight. I, of course, am G-Money. I'm glad to be with you guys this evening. I am with a bunch of comic book fans, comic book nerds, as it were. And, uh, some I'm more of, them, of a dork. Yeah, some of them familiar, some of them may not be as familiar, but let me introduce Valid. them and our special guest of honor tonight. First of all, the man who is the author of Kakui Project, Disco Thunder Groovebone, and uh, Hard Candy Aftermath. <laughs> He squeezed it in there. He managed to squeeze it in there. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the author, the the artist, and all-around decent (laughs) guy, Todd Bernardi's in the house this evening. Thank you. Yeah, Todd's in the house. Also joining us tonight, of course, is our gaming guru himself. Format is in the house with us this evening as well. Uh, The man who is the owner and proprietor of Maui Comics and Collectibles, who is uh, responsible for bringing the guest of honor to the show tonight, Alika's in the house. Uh, well, persuading him. No, I didn't <laughs> persuade him, man. He, he he's like responsible for opening like, this comic store yeah, that he just happened store. to wander in. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. You're welcome. Uh, also joining us tonight is, uh, is the second of uh, Maui Comics and Collectibles henchmen. He is a comic book henchman in his own right. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for uh, the Rat Queens fan. Travis is in the house. Is that where the podcast audience is supposed to clap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They would seem like total psychos. I'm like, if they give Swan stuff, I better get way more than he does. We're going to add that in in post. And last but certainly not least, uh, our guest of honor this evening, ladies and gentlemen, the man who is the author of Peter Panzerfaust, the author of Rat Queens, are you an artist at all? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Curtis Weeb. Hey, what's He's up? He's in the house. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a running joke that I... Uh, I'm in uh, Yeah, you should... Alika, you should definitely tell... No, we already told him. Oh, you don't... Yeah, the Scott McDowell knows. thing? That's okay. why he sounded yeah. so yeah. fed up with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hated you before I met you. <laughs> I, I appreciate I, your honesty. Can I, get, can I get you to write, like, a paragraph on a sketch paper? <laughs> Man, well, listen, uh, Curtis, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, no problem. You are uh, all the way, uh, you're visiting all the way from the Canadas, all That's the way right. down to Maui. I'm sorry, um, I don't think you can say that. I the, can't? No. All right. From the Canadas? Right. The Canadas? <laughs> I can't say that. Canadinia. Canad Canadidia. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, that sounds like. A, how are things hmm. in the Great White North, sir? Things are fine, but I'm here, so that yeah. tells you something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm willing does. to risk being in America of some sort. <laughs> I got you. Things in Canada are so good, I'm going to Trump's America. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. Um, but uh, Curtis, the beach better be we, uh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, it is. It is. It is. To be fair, it is. Um, when is? Uh, by the way, it is up. Octo- it's uh, September. Yeah. When does it get cold for you guys? When? Do you, when is it too uh, wearing weather? Uh, um, well, I recently moved from the West Coast to Vancouver last September, so oh. I had my first winter in the BC interior, which is, uh, I live about four and a half hours inland in the mountains. Wow. Now in a town called Kelowna. Hmm. And uh, it starts to get cold around November, December. Really? So we're a little ways off yet. Are you uh, are you in a place where now it snows like, uh, cr- like Yeah, a lot. Now? It snowed like crazy. The f- so everyone said, oh, it's pretty mild here. We get a little bit of snow. And it snowed like every day. And the worst part was is that... We bought a house up there, and the right. driveway, I'm not kidding, is 30 feet long on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so I went out there and the, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I I grew up in the prairies of Canada, so it right. snowed there all the time. I was used to it, but I'd been away for a long time, mm. and so I'm like, I, I have shoveled snow before. This isn't a big deal. And I was out there. I, I counted there. It was two and a half hours of shoveling, <laughs> just 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 tons of snow, and uh, that was not fun. So. I bought a snowblower. Uh, and, and actually, I actually bought it this summer, and I, I looked like a crazy bull. The same day, there was a garage sale on my street. One guy was selling a, um, a snowblower, and the other guy was selling a barbecue. And it, well, it was far enough, in my opinion, that you know I didn't want to have to like push the barbecue. Right. So first of all, about an hour <laughs> earlier, I start I, to get the snowblower. You have to turn it on to right. make it move. Right. So it's like thirty-five degrees, which is probably about ninety-six <laughs> Fahrenheit for you guys, and I'm. I'm pushing this move, this snowblower that's running down the street, <laughs> running. <laughs> right. And I'm new guy in town. People are like, what the hell is up with this guy? They're like, oh, he writes comic books. Yeah. <laughs> I, very oh, I get it. Moving the snowblower up my driveway. That is and then literally an hour later, I'm like, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, okay, well, I bought a barbecue, but I don't want to, I don't want to push it. It's too far. So we get the car and I sit in the back. Uh, it's like a SUV. So I open up the back trunk. And I sit in the back, and I'm dragging it behind <laughs> as she drives down the road. See this? That's just rattling down the down the drive. The same guy saw me do both of them, and I'm sure he thinks I'm just a new lunatic in town. <laughs> but anyway, was there any it. alcohol involved? It's surprisingly, not. It was oh, just man. really bad life choices. Well, <laughs> <laughs> really good life choices. Uh, so another thing, you're, uh, I have to say that uh, your English is phenomenal, especially from Canada. <laughs> Thank you. So, just want to let you know that it's fantastic. Your, your English that. is pretty good for being from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right. I just want to say we use the Queen's English, so yes, yes, the proper English. Yes, yes, you do. Absolutely right. <laughs> so uh, we should talk about you seriously for a moment here, oh, Mr. Sure. Weeb. Um, you grew up in the prairies of Canada. Like you That's said. right. Uh, what? were the things that you were doing as a youngster that inspired you to do this? Where 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 were you were you reading? Uh, were you watching? What were the things that you were doing uh, that really wanted to do that you that took hold in you? Man, that's a good as question. A I actually don't think I've ever had that question as far as like being related to where I grew up. That's interesting. Um, well, uh, that's what we do here at the Netherlands. Yeah, don't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect to. We think. ask a hard hitting question. Yeah. It's we do. G just feels so proud of himself for having yeah. I just thought I was in for journalism. Just beaming right now. I thought I was in for a night of jork questions. But <laughs> this is, uh, that's uh, later. That's later. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I grew up in. I grew up on a farm actually for a long time. My dad was a farmer, oh, wow. and uh, up until I was about grade seven, and uh, he kind of we moved into a nearby town. So I spent most of my time in town. But in the summers, we go back to farm. So up until I was like in grade 11 or grade 12, I was going to the farm every summer. Um, Were you that, expected to inherit the farm and do dad's work? Um, no. I remember one point I was like grade 10. I was like, dad, this is like I'm the laziest guy. Like I'm the <laughs> laziest guy in on earth. It's it's. There might be some people at this table that um, might. First of all, I will compete with okay, you okay. for that title. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and, you know, farming is, takes work. So I basically uh, told my dad in grade 10, I was like, I think I want to take over the family farm. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that just wasn't going to happen. Normally, in the movies, it's like they put their, put your, put their hands on your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, it's like you're like, looking over a wheat field. Yeah. Someday, son, this son, will all be yours. This will all be yours. He's just like, son, this will never be yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to sell it while I can. <laughs> Go to school. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sell it before you demolish it. So whatever it. you do... Find a vocation. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's lots of moments like that with my dad. So but, um, uh, farming was out, and then farming that, was out. Then you're like, oh, comics. <laughs> yeah, straight to comics. No, actually, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life really? at all. I didn't. Uh, I didn't start doing it until I was probably 27. I did. I did some. I did some like writing, uh, mostly short stories. Fan fiction stories, weirdly enough. And actually, I started doing submitting my stuff, not submitting it, but there was a community on the Penny Arcade forums. Uh, they're still around, I think. Uh, but it was called the Writer's Block. And I used to go there and uh, post my short stories there. Uh, and actually, that, that's the first time I met Pat Rothfuss. Was I told him to? Uh, we can't swear. Is that? No, no. Okay. You, you, I will. I will allow it. Okay. Well, he's Canadian, for, for, so for, for it's for like this. a foreign language. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can say whatever uh, you say, whatever the so, quote is. So so basically, I'm paraphrasing what I said, and it was basically like Pat Rothfuss, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there was this funny thing that happened because so so he came on. He was like. This was before In the Name of the Wind came out. He was also just like like being there as part of the community. And he came in as this outsider, and he started cr- critiquing all these people's short stories. And right, like, right. Like, there's a mode of operation here, man. Like, you can't just come in here and start critiquing people's stories. You haven't posted anything in here. Beat it, right? Like, get out of here. So I, I did. I told him to get out of the forum. We don't want him ever to come back. And then he became very popular, and uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly was clearly. The, most, the most successful of any of us. Uh, clearly, but, your finger was on the pulse. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't know anything about writing. <laughs> but but it's funny because uh, that was about two years ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, Pat Rothfuss uh, tweeted something about Rat Queens. He said, you guys got to read Rat Queens. It's great. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he remembers me. Yeah. So so there is this, this interesting conversation that I tweeted back and forth with him. I was like, hey, man, thanks so much for recommending my book. That's awesome of you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the first time we had interaction, I, I told you to fuck off. <laughs> and I, he's like, like, Really? This is a Twitter conversation we're having. I'm like, yeah, uh, you came in and you were critiquing people, and I was being a bit of a dink, and I told you to fuck off. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. He's like, it sounds like I probably was being a dick in that situation. It makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> and, and, then, and then from there, we just kind of like, you know, kept in touch, and it was just this funny thing. But anyway, um, yeah, Pat and Rothfuss on the, on the writer's block forums, Penny Arcade. So that's where I started practicing, like, writing short stories, and um, I had a, a couple different ideas that I wanted to do for, like, a novel, and a friend yeah. of mine was like, oh, like, that story you just pitched me, that should be, like, a comic book. And I, man, I must have been, like... 25 at that time and I was like oh I don't even I didn't read comic books at all I, I, I read them growing up a little bit but I, I really really my perception of comic books was superheroes and I'm not a big superhero guy it's not not my thing so he had bought me a bunch of comics for my birthday he's like well you know check these out and it was like Walking Dead number 18 I think and like uh, a couple other like indies and the first book that I went I was like oh these are really great there's comic books that are not superheroes I did not know that and then I went in and got my first book on my pull list was Fell by uh, Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith. And that was it. That was like the game changer. And I was like, man, I want, I want to do this. So I did. I just kind of started like writing scripts, going online to finding like resources. Right. And there wasn't a lot at that time right. to like, how do you do this? And so I just started like reaching out to artists online and trying to build pitches. And it kind of went from there. But no, I didn't. I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. I did all kinds of other side jobs. And I've been... A bus driver. I did a bus as a bus driver in the city I live in for quite some time. Um, I've like been a, a bellboy at a hotel. I've tried to sell life insurance. I've oh man, what else have I done? Wait, 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 wait. Can I hear your pitch? 
No, because I didn't last more than a day. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't develop a pitch. Yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get that far. Didn't get that far okay, in the program. Good, just kidding. Uh, worked for an airline. Like, so I've done all kinds of stuff, and it literally just was a thing of kind of just happened. And wow. I, I don't have really. A, I, I pitched a bunch of times. My first series that not a lot of people know about, and we'll like to keep it that way. Um, oh come I, on! I did. I did a series for Red Five Comics. Who their notable work was Atomic Robo. Um, yeah, so they, they that was kind of their breakout title. And then I got kind of through a friend of a friend, knew some of the guys at Red 5, and I got my first book there called Beautiful Creatures. And um, I thought, man, that was like 2009. And I was sure. like, man, that's like that's my end. I'm going to make it now. Like, I'll, you know, it's all gravy from here. Uh, that didn't turn out that way. Interesting. So for you, not being a superhero fan, mm-hmm. um, what – so the com- you didn't read comics until later in life. Yeah. Now – for you, as a when you're going, man, I, you know, I'm a good writer. Where did that come from? Like, I'm just curious because you know, it's not like everybody gets this bug and goes, "Hey, man, I should start writing these short stories or uh-huh. what have you." Do you remember what that? Do you remember what that was? Were you reading something or were you? Were you? Were you Actually, uh, I can I can say this about about kind of the inspiration. I've always been into role playing games, and I think my natural kind of the natural way I do it is I always run the game. I never play it. Oh. In fact, I'm a fairly terrible player. Uh, if you want to confirm that, you can sometimes watch me on Twitch. I, mm. I, I'm on a show called The Misclicks. I'm playing this half orc barbarian <laughs> ranger came named King, and it's 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 I'm bad. So you're a terrible player, but yeah. a good dungeon master. Yeah, oh. yeah, I think so. But I think that's like the natural storytelling kind of came out. Wow, like yeah. that. So fascinating. Uh, that's where I really got to love a storytelling. I think. Wow, yeah. fascinating. So. When you get this book, Beautiful Creatures, by the way, we, could you tell us a little bit about? The, no, no. Okay, just try. I, you I, can I, Google it. That's why. That's. I, I don't know if you slightly knew that I tried to go back to that and then move forward <laughs> to Beautiful Creatures again. Um, how long did that last? Smooth. Beautiful Creatures. Yeah, it was uh, two issues. <laughs> what, uh, did uh, who who uh, did the art? As uh, a guy named Ash Jackson, and it actually like he's a great artist actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it had Frank Zigarelli did the colors for it. And uh, who lettered that? I don't even remember. Did I? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was just a two issue. It was a two issue double size. Like each issue was double size. Right. It's supposed to be four issue thing, and then they just condensed it down to two. You know, it's it's not like I mean, it's mostly embarrassing. But that's <laughs> I think like well, you you know, you're a writer and artist. So, like you're. The earliest stuff that you do, it's like yeah. you can see you can see kernels. I think of like this is kind of where I was trying to go, but yeah. either you don't have the skill, you don't have the technical know-how, or you're just not there yet. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what I I can see the kernel. Weirdly, I can see the kernel of Rat Queens in that what I what I wanted to be able to do. Right. And I just wasn't there yet. I, I could if I tried Rat Queens back then, it would have been horrible. So when you write, do you write when you were writing these? Beautiful creatures or whatever. Mm. Do you write it as a script, or do you yeah. write it like a novel, or how do you? What? No, it's like a script. It's, so it's a, like a script. page panel breakdown okay. with descriptions for each panel. Right. I don't generally like when I work with. Did you have to learn that because you said you were writing short stories? Did you have to learn? How yeah, to do that? I actually learned about that from the Dark Horse website. They had a submission a guideline about how the script should be laid out, and I just that's all I could find. Like how do people write comics? If it's the only thing I could find, and I actually still use that format to today. Wow. Sweet. Todd, have you? Did you read that? Uh, Did you know about it? Yeah, no, I've been on the I've been on the Dark Horse submission. They also make you sign a form saying that like you can't sue them later if they publish anything 
somewhere. similar to your submission. Wow. Um, which I mean, sometimes is pretty standard. Uh, but uh, I, the format that I use is from the Will Eisner book because mm. um, he talks about the um, scripts that he would do for Spirit. Mm. Um, and then that was something that keep everybody sort of on task. Well, Interesting. The people that were either going to lay it out, so he was going to pencil it or pen- ink it after him, and then letter it. You know. Hi, and this is what, and the reason why I went to Todd on that was because Todd is a writer and an artist, right? And you, when you pull double double duty like that, does it? When you see the art for what you're writing, do mm-hmm. you become either inspired or irritated by the fact that, look, this is not what I wanted, or this is exactly what I was had in my mind? Or I'm, pr- I think the longer you do it, the the less. Like I don't, I don't like to dictate too much mm-hmm. to the artist. I feel like, you know, there is a true, there should be a true partnership between both. And I think, uh, who was I? I think it was. Kieran Gillen was on a panel with him uh, a few years ago, and he basically said, "My job is to simply inspire the artist." And I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's who said that. Kieran Gillen. Oh, she. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he, uh, he does Wicked uh, Divine. Wicked Divine. And he's, they did Secret Avengers. Was it Secret Avengers? The Young Avengers was kind of their big Marvel thing. But yeah. Anyway, I thought he's British, right? Yeah, he's British. Yeah, and I thought that was a really good piece of advice or a way to look at it. And so that's kind of how I like to treat it. Is like I'm there just to like. So that they get the ideas, and and so really, I'm just like putting putting the ideas forward, and and they're the camera that brings it to life. So you're not like you're you're not precious as no. Oh, okay. And in fact, I feel like it's in Peter Pan's Apprentice in particular. There's a a sequence in I think it's issue 24. It's like a 17 page action sequence. Mm-hmm. And I what I did is I drew a map for Tyler, and I just showed kind of the flow of the battle and like where each location was, and I just kind of on each page would just be like. Um, you know, the machine gun fires here, and then this needs to happen. Normally, you'd have like a panel by panel breakdown, but right. I was just like, literally, it was 17 pages of just light, just like the flow of the battle, right. and then I just let him do everything, and then I wrote everything afterwards on top of whatever he had drawn. Now that you've even pulled ahead of me, because that was my next question, was Peter Panzerfaust. Mm. When, so after the two issue run, of beautiful creatures. <laughs> uh, when did we start looking into other uh, other stories? Or did you did you say that this is what you wanted to do, or did they say, "Hey, uh, Curtis, we need you to work on something"? No, no, it's it's all like creator owned. So it's uh, it's titles that I've created with an, with an artist, and it's our kind of own creation. So after Beautiful Creatures, there was like a year and a half. The book did actually got decent reviews, and then. I was like, yeah, I thought the next book would be so much easier, and it wasn't. It, it basically, like, there was nothing at all for, like, a year and a half, and I was putting pitches together and getting rejections all over. Right. So I basically just, like, gave up, and I was like, I, I can't. This is stupid. Like, I'm not going right. to. I can't waste time and money. I was paying artists to do the pitches, and I'm like, I was broke. I I was driving a bus at the, was I driving with? I think I just got that job, but the job before that, I was mm. barely making ends meet, and I'm like, I can't afford to pay somebody. So I was like, I'm going to do one last thing. We put me and artist uh, Scott Kowalchuk, who I did a book called The Intrepids, it was my first book. Um, we put the pitch together and like, let's just go to Emerald City Comic Con. I think it was 2010. And I was just like, let's just pitch and see what happens. And I'd basically given up at that point. I was like, this is stupid. And uh, so we went and we pitched. And then two months later, we heard back from Image and they're like, yeah, we'll do the book. Yeah. It's like, holy crap. Like, And that was kind of like, that was, we pitched 
they were the top. Like that was the one we pitched to a couple others, like Oni and um, well, there was a couple others there around at the time. Top Shelf, I think we pitched to, and we were like, because they were smaller, we're like maybe that'll be the one. And then like when Image take over, like holy crap, can't believe it. And then six months later, while we were working on the Intrepids, um, a friend of mine, Riley Rosmo, if you guys know who that is, he's doing Batman right now. Uh, he's also done a ton of creator own stuff. He's amazing. Uh, he was like, we're looking for backups. And he was doing an image book at the time called Proof. And he's like, we're looking for like three to four page backup stories. Mm-hmm. And I want you to write them and I'll draw mm-hmm. them and we'll just put them in the back of the book. And I was like, okay, that's that's cool. And I started developing this world and I was like, ah, oh, this is really cool. And he read kind of the concept for what I wanted to do. And he's like, mm-hmm. man, we should just make a full comic of that. So we did. And that was Green Wake. And that was my second book, which is what that tattoo is from. And... Wow. Um, which you can't see on the pod, by the way, but yeah. it's a stunning it's, tattoo. It's a, it's a frog skeleton, which uh, Green Wake is, is the, there's a very heavy like frog motif in it, which has to do with regeneration, rebirth, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, so then like literally my first real foray into comics uh, was Intrepid's in Green Wake, and they came out a month apart. And it was just, it's kind of gone from there. Now, uh, how long did Intrepid's last? That was six issues. Six issues in yeah. Green Wake. Green Wake was, was ten. Was ten issues. Mm-hmm. Um, up until this point, it, what it, it seemed hard, right, yeah. for you to you know you're you're about ready to yeah drop this whole comic yeah. book nonsense. Um, how was the process for you <clears throat> when you started going? You know, you have six issues to do. You have ten issues to do. What? How did that did that did that change your perception of of how you were doing the work or? change your perception about how man this is gonna i I think i'm really getting into this now Uh, it didn't really ever get easier it was easy maybe easier to like find new publication like getting published and stuff gee writing is really hard (laughs) that's what that's what what i'm saying so i mean like well especially in especially in so i think there's this there's there's a weird misconception about comics um so when you work for marvel or dc you get paid Todd, shut up. Okay, go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's a a very true statement. Yeah. I'm sure you were. So, so yeah, when you work for them, you get paid. Uh, When you do stuff for Image, Mm -hmm. you don't get paid. Um, You don't get paid a page rate. You don't get paid in advance. Mm -hmm. I I think some people may do, but, like, it, it really depends, I guess, on the deal that they... But most people, especially when I came up, there wasn't anything like that. Um, and so you make money on the back end. What that means is after your print is covered, right? After Image takes their fee for like promoting the book and whatever, um, whatever's left over is what you get, right? So on Intrepids, I think it made for the entire run about two hundred dollars. Wow! So that was six months of work, right? (laughs) Right. Um, and you know what? For me. That's fine because as a writer, it is easier. Uh, however, for Scott, who basically was doing a month per issue, he's making a hundred dollars a month. Mm. So there's and and we had a similar thing on Peter Panzerfaust. Peter Panzerfaust did decently well at the beginning, but then as time and generally that's that's the way it goes. As time goes on, sales slowly drop. Decline, it's just the way it goes. Right. Um, we had to take a hiatus because mm-hmm. Tyler had to take other work, and a lot of people were really pissed at us. I just thought we just dropped it. Was that the thir- was that the third book? Uh, was uh, I think it was the, the fifth. The fifth. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is really frustrating because I think people just assume, oh, they just got lazy and they just didn't want to finish the book. And it's like Tyler defeat his goddamn family. You know, like he had to pay his bills. He had to take other work. And so 
the reason Peter Pansifros finished is because I paid him a page rate to do it. Wow. You know, otherwise it wouldn't happen because like he has to, he's got three kids, you know, so um, we wanted so badly to finish that book, but we just financially couldn't do it. Right. And then, you know, enough time passed that we were able to. So that's kind of the tough thing about it is like you're kind of like you want to do it because like you're, this is amazing. It's the dream job, but it's not really a job for quite some time. It, it's hard. It's hard to make money in indie comics. Right. And that's, and that's why I have such respect for the man sitting next to me, Todd, because he writes and he draws it and he inks it and he I pay myself a terrible patron. I wouldn't work for him because it is a terrible patron. Yeah. But uh, I, that's why, I'm, you know, when I talk that's to... That's why him, I have to draw it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I talk to guys that are just writers yeah. or talk to guys that are just artists, I'm like, man, I mean, and the way that, the way that I keep doing these interviews, I find out, like, it's so much work on both ends and I'm mm. like... I, you get so you get more respect for people that do it all. It's like yeah. I don't even know how you handle that. Yeah, I think there's probably you could probably speak to this. Like the dip, there's there's probably pros and cons to both, right? Yeah. Like for you, when you write and draw, what are what are some things that you find are better than having to work with somebody else? Um, Listen, Curtis, I'll do the interview. I I overwrite. Like I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I, I write myself into a corner. I write about stuff that I've got no idea how to draw. Um, so I have to do a lot of re- reference, like research, mm. and then um, I'm constantly rewriting up until I send it off for the printer. So, um, and that's mostly because I have to fit it in there with the art. Um, and I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. Um, as time goes on, so that's kind of the big thing. Um, when I work with other artists, um, I've been writing something for a friend of mine um the, i do i try to keep it as sparse as possible yeah. um i want it, i want it to be descriptive enough to where he knows what he's he he knows what he wants to do you know um but um you know if he thinks that it should be a different angle or whatever like i'm not precious about any of that interesting yeah. so it's i mean it, it but for like the you know the actual like meat and potatoes of sitting down and at the board and and drawing it like it just kind of i sort of write it and lay it out at the same time and then um and then draw it and then rewrite it and then letter it and then rewrite it i'll see you even do your own lettering too yeah. Well, wow. he has to now. Yeah, do, yeah, do you, yeah. do you he, he made do his hand? wife do it. <laughs> my, uh, my wife was doing it, and she was like, I quit. <laughs> she was uh, like, after, you can't, actually. <laughs> she was like, after issue four, she was like, just hire somebody else. And yeah. I was like, no, I'll just figure out InDesign. <laughs> so, see, that's what I mean. Like, before, before, you know, being a nerd, sometimes, you know, everything is from the outside in. Yeah. So, when I started to, you know... Pick your guys' brains from you know from Michelini and you and uh, uh, and Scott Lobdell and Chris Claremont and all those guys. Thinking to myself, I always thought like, hey, the the writer just writes this, he submits it, yeah, and then he's good. That that does happen. Um, <laughs> it happens at Marvel a lot. I mean, you got <laughs> you got an editor that that's going to be like, no, this isn't good, and then yeah. sends it back to you or is like, yeah, this is great, and then gives it to the artist. And it seems like, yeah. and and the more and more I do these and talking to you, it's like it, this collaboration thing is a real thing. Like, yeah. you have to do this. I, I, I firmly believe it has to be an independent comics. You can't, you know, there are some people that do that, do that, like they hire an mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't like doing that. I like to, um, I like to co-own it first of all, so we own the rights to whatever we create fifty-fifty. Sure. And I like to have the artist have like an equal, like for the ideas and right. like what do you want to draw? Right. What do you want to do with the story? Um, for me, that's absolutely the best part. That you want, you want like both of you to be equally invested. Right. And if you're just like, oh, here's a hundred bucks a page just right. draw my script and it's just in, impersonal and formal and there's not like this mutual like I feel that's my opinion that it's you know I think if they're invested with it where you, they have an equal stake right then it's something that they will equally put their heart into right so for you we we, we should definitely start talking about your I, I don't want to say your more notable comics mm. let's let's why don't we start with Peter Panzerfaust of sure. course um, where did the inspiration for that come from? Where did the what was the idea behind uh, Peter Panzer Faust? And then, of course, the reason why these other guys are here is because of Rat Queens, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm here, here to find about his fan fiction now. But it's real weird. Peter pa- <laughs> Peter Panzer Faust, I'm guessing, was one of those where you actually was. Well, or I'm assuming this was it was a taste of fame coming with Peter Panzer Faust, or was that before? Uh no, I mean, I don't. Uh, I still don't think I tasted fame, which I'm fine with. I don't. That's the last thing I would ever want to be. Well, I mean, fame. I mean, fame success. is even more success. Yeah. I should say. Excuse uh, me. Yes. No, my stuff was all still pretty small. Uh, that up to like Peter Panzer was probably the one that maybe got a bit talked about, but I don't think it was necessarily for the work. It was more because it was like it was hot in the speculator market. Um, which uh, ultimately killed the book, to be honest. But anyway, well, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> Thank God Alik is not sitting here. <laughs> we, should, we, should get, we, should all, we should get into that story. <laughs> yeah. He talks about that all the time, man. Did you see? You know, when I was growing up, you know. <laughs> was it, so, you're proud of Mount, you, man. So uh, you, the speculation was driving the early sales of the book? Yeah, so what, ha- I, what happened was after the first issue came out, mm-hmm. actually, I think it was, it was around issue four, Five that there was an announcement that the BBC had optioned it, um, and because oh, your work they be, they optioned your book. Yeah, they optioned Peter Panzerfaust, and wow. so issue one's issue one went as high as a thousand dollars US. It was a crazy hype book. Yeah, that it really exploded. Yeah, so uh, issue fit. I remember we went to C two E two in Chicago, and at this <laughs> I don't really like telling the story too much, but uh, that show was so crazy that. I was I was I had just started dating uh, my wife then, and I sent her a picture of the money I made at that show, and it was I covered my bed in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I covered it. That was before we were really together. I was just kind of seeing each other at that point. That was oh, that so was that was just that sold the sold the deal. I was going to say that she put a ring on it. Yeah, she put a ring on it. I got it. Um, but but that was how crazy. Like people, people were spending so much money on like everything that we had. They would line up and. After a while, because I don't like, I don't ever charge for signatures, except I did on that book because it was actually crushing, to be honest. Like, people would bring up a stack of a hundred, yeah, and it was just your machine, one after another. And so when I when I saw people come up with like that stack, I'm like, no, I'm going to charge five bucks a book, and I raked in money on that. But I, but it actually what happened was is because then all of a sudden the stores were like, okay, why does everyone want this book? They were or way increasing their orders. But it was only speculators that were buying the book. Not people, no one was reading it. So when the speculator market cooled, and there was basically, af, you know, stores were left with like, well, you're a store owner, so you would know if all of a yeah. sudden you were left with 30 copies of something and nobody was buying it. What do you do? You stop ordering it, and that's what happened. We went from I think 
And now Peter Pan's was, was like I think our first issue sold like was it like maybe nine thousand copies, and then on average we were selling about five, which is just enough maybe to keep the book going for a while. But then it went up to fifteen thousand, so it it like but it tripled from where our, our kind of our average sales point right, was, right. and then it just went it crashed. I think we ended at like two thousand. You you're not even making anything. Um, that was around issue twenty. We were make, we weren't making anything anymore. Um, so it really was. It was this. It was the speculator market that because stores were like, we're not going to order this book anymore. No one's buying it. So we had zero well, sales. What, what year was this? Uh, two thousand thirteen or fourteen. It, that was right before the store opened. So the only Peter Pan's Plus that we actually carried on the rack was twenty four and twenty five. Yeah, because we came back. We took we took a year over a year and a half off. Because so, we couldn't do it anymore. Okay, so the, the um, first... What the, about the option with the... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, what a, did, did the option revert back to you eventually from the BBC, or are they still trying yeah, to make yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's reverted back to us. And, and I'm 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 trying to pivot the, the, the project a little bit. I would, I would actually love to write it as a TV show, but but instead of starring it as Peter as the hero, have Tiger Lily be this the main character and have like this young romance story. They're like her and Julian's story. I'd love to do that. And then Peter's like this kind of character that is in the background, but he's not like the forefront. But yeah, that's it's been reverted back to us, and it's I'm very proud of that series. It's I think it's actually a very beautiful right. series. For those that don't that are listening that may not oh, be right. interested in Peter Panzerfaust, right. could you give us a little yeah yeah? Synopsis? So Peter Panzerfaust is the uh, it's actually the Peter Pan story kind of. Uh, Loosely, it's the Peter Pan concept uh, thrown into World War II France, where Peter and the Lost Boys are French resistance fighters in World War II, and Captain Hook is a Nazi SS officer and who's hunting the resistance. And um, so it's basically a war story about kids growing up during a time of war and becoming involved in the war. And it's it's funny because we originally, it, Tyler and I had every intention to make it like an Indiana Jones style like adventure story, mm-hmm. but as I was writing it, I'm like. This is a deeply sad concept, right? <laughs> like this, like how can I write this fun adventure story where teenagers are actively having their like killing and being killed, right? And it just turned into this story about like um, growing up and loving people through such a horrible time, and what that actually means throughout someone's lifetime. Because the whole thing is, pr- the whole premise is every arc, every five issues is ner- is a guy going and interviewing one of the uh, Lost Boys when they're old men. And getting their perspective on who Peter was, this oh. interviewer is trying to find out who Peter was through right. the stories of the people that lived with him. Right. Um, so yeah, it just turned into this really tragic story, and uh, I'm super proud of it. I, I still think it might be the best stuff I've ever done. Now, I mean, obviously, when you write comics like that, it's not a superhero comic, so yeah. these are always these are always tougher sells. But I mean, for you, for mm-hmm. that to get for that to take off like it did, mm-hmm. it wasn't was this the second uh, crash for comics back then, or was there was it the first one know, was right after? Panzer Faust was recent. The, no, that's what no, I'm saying. But the first one was, of course, the big one. The with, '90s and late 90s, right, early 2000s. Right, so. right. So yeah, would, that was all cons- one crash. That was one huge one, right? Yeah. So would we consider <laughs> it's, it crashed in '96 and then just kept it was cra- depressed, like, just, yeah, the whole time. Right, and it actually gave space for all the independents to. You know, kind of come to, to shine. Life in that time. Yeah. Establish markets here. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. So now Peter Panzerfaust um, was was big, and then all of a sudden, it would it be fair to say 
uh, no pun it tanked. intended. It tanked, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, for permission to talk trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, of course, Panzerfaust. So we say that's a oh, tank. That's a pun. Yeah. 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 Ah, I guess, wow. So I said no pun intended. Um, well done, G. Yeah, you got you. one. Thank you. That's yeah. why so I host the show. Um, Fire so whoever writes your material. <laughs> so Peter Panzerfaust, um, when we come to the end of that run, mm-hmm. um, and because of what had happened, were you in a different state when it came to your next project, or were you like, man, I got to cool off for a bit, or how'd uh, that go? I don't know. Like, I had already started doing Rat Queens at that time, and it, it's funny because that book, that book <laughs> I thought would be we would get five issues if we were lucky. And I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating at all when I say I thought Rat Queens <laughs> would be like flash in a pan and over. So you were doing Rat Queens while you were doing Peter Panzer Faust. Yeah. Okay, and when did, when was, when, when did you start doing Rat Queens? In, uh, uh, it Peter came Panzer out in 2013. Okay, was, so right at the tail end of... It was kind of in between. Um, I was doing both for a little while, and uh, we took a break on Panzerfeld. I, I don't remember the timelines, to be honest. I think we took a break on Panzerfeld starting in 2015. 15 maybe mm-hmm. sounds about right so yeah I was doing both for a little while and uh, but yeah I just Rat Queens wasn't even a thing like oh I need a break from like serious stuff or anything like that it was just like oh I have this idea for a stupid fantasy series and then uh, it it just grew and then it became the thing I was working on right and, it, and it's funny if you look at if you look at my history as a writer Raccoons is the last thing you'd expect to see from me. I, I do a lot of like really, um, I get like psychological horror, and I like to deal like obviously with Peter Pan's verse. I like to deal with um, like really heavy themes of loss and tragedy, mm. and then I did this this funny uh, fantasy book, and that's like just the one. That's the one, right? Right. That's the, the one that has made my career the least un- unexpected of the. Of yeah, the I never expected it, especially because you know going into. At the time, there was nothing like fantasy. Like, there's, there's, of course, a few fantasy books, but like they traditionally don't do very well. Right. You're right. They're not. Even the popular ones weren't. Yeah. Like Elf Lord or, you know, what are those? Elf, Elf, Quest. Quest. Elf Quest. Yeah. They were popular with the people who liked them, but exactly. they were not big sellers. And I think the, the only one at the time that was out was Skull Kickers, which was a Jim Zub and Edwin Huang book. and Which was a webcomic first, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, I, th- I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, so they, yeah, they turned it into, it was a comic image, and it didn't, like, the singles didn't sell great. So when you get to, when you get to that, I mean, when you're, when you're starting to do Rat Queens, mm-hmm. when do you go? Oh man, this is gonna because obviously when you're at that at that time you're like, man, this has got to sell. This is gonna sell, and you're like, this idea is gonna. Sell. Are you at that point where you're like, I know I can sell this book. I know that you know, or were you just like, and just this was an inspiration for you? You're like, I got to get this on the on the paper. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think Rat Queens was gonna sell at all. I thought it was. I thought it was gonna like. That was the thing. Like looking at like you know, I mentioned Skull Kickers. It was that book didn't. It did pretty well in trades, but the singles were like you know not great. And I was like, oh. Well, I'm going to do a fantasy book. Like there's no, there's right. no reason for me. I just wanted to do it. And so we originally were going to kickstart it and we had the Kickstarter was like, we were done. We were ready to launch it. And, um, <laughs> the original title, do you guys want to know the original title of Rat Queens? Of course. Is it, wait, wait, is it a nerd watch exclusive? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've told some other people. But, oh man. Okay. Uh, but the original title of Rat Queens was pussy rats. <laughs> 
Anyway, I, nice. I, I like the original hmm. title better. <laughs> I wonder why you changed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it would have worked on Kickstarter because you know it would have been. You wouldn't have to hide it on the shelves, you know. It was just yeah. like a straight to the to the customer. But yeah. so basically, last minute, I pitched it to Jim Valentino at Image Shadowline, and I I honestly thought he'd be like, no, by all means, no, and he liked it. And two hours later, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh crap! Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of a girl. I, I like that. Do. Like uh, you talk to your mother. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was my reaction. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we just started working on it, and then yeah, and then it, and even when it came out, like our early order numbers, but this was also like it came out right when Image was just starting to like everything that they were doing people were like going crazy for saga really started at all walking dead well walking dead was but that wasn't trickling down to other books like yeah it wasn't it wasn't that was more the tv stuff and there wasn't trickle down from walking dead walking dead has been its own thing for a long time but there was this excitement that was coming out of image with this new wave of like a lot of people that left image and dc were coming to do image titles so it was just kind of this like time but even in that group we were like we weren't. Nobody was talking about our book when it came out. Like yeah. everyone was, everyone was talking about sex criminals. That was the book everyone yeah, was talking about. That. We yeah, came right. out the same week as them, and nobody was talking about our book. And we just kind of came in, and nobody really talked about it. And then a month Joe, passed. Joe Casey did sex. Too yeah, at the Joe same Casey. Time. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of like. Kind of the, like people who were already known for their work yeah. were doing stuff at the same time, and I wasn't really known. Was that was that when Lemire was? Doing Descender? Did he start Descender then? No, was Descender that was like only a year and a half ago, I think. This was okay. like 2013. I'm trying to think what else came around around that time. You're saying something about Saga. I'm guessing that one has just been kicking off around then? Yeah, I think Saga came, I think that came out in January of that year. Or maybe it was like March or something like Did that. Did you think about changing the name of the book after you saw that you had all of these uh, very different, diverse titles? Like sex criminals, know. sex, sex rats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, sex queens totally would tell that book. Yeah. You know, rat uh, criminals. Ooh. Sex, sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Sexy yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, the second title was Penis in the Vagina. <laughs> I would buy that <laughs> as well. A little too on the nose. So, um, Rat Queens, um, for uh, for you, uh, for everyone that's listening to Curtis Weeb, mm-hmm. uh, Rat Queens is your most recent book. What uh, you say it's a fantasy series. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the story? What's the synopsis around that? Uh, it's essentially about four adventurers in like a high fantasy setting. That go out and kill monsters. That's the basic premise. But I've heard someone describe it as Lord of the Rings is done by Quentin Tarantino. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, but it's basically like they, the characters talk like modern day. Um, so it's I, what I really kind of annoys me about high fantasy stuff is that they all speak for sooth. Well, even Maybe. even <laughs> yeah 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 like they, they all speak in a way that it's like it's it's the typical. This is how high fantasy oh, is. Oh, you mean the Queen's English yeah. there? <laughs> <Curtis> <laughs> <Weeb? laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, the J.R. Tolkien stuff has got a lot of like other linguistic things. Well, yeah, yeah they, there's you know, they, they, they created all... languages. Yeah, I mean, he was a linguist. He, that's exactly, what he, that's what he taught. Exactly, so. and so there's a certain cadence, I guess, that people expect with high yeah. fantasy. And it's also like everything is like medieval European. And I was just like, man, why? Why does it always have to be that way? So I wanted to do something that was like, I want it to be 
a high fantasy series where the four main characters are like college age girls. Like, what would they be? What would like four college age girls be like in a high fantasy setting? That's essentially like where the idea came from. And sounds hot. Yeah. Well, I, that's and that's why I just. Well, that's why it's called Pussy Rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Pussy Which is it, now what we'll address it as. Yeah. <laughs> in any scenario. Yeah. That, so, that's how I'm going to pitch it at the shop now. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm how you're going to do it. When I do. subscription. <laughs> <laughs> When I, when it used, I it used to be a lot that. better until we started calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with a book as un, with the unlikely su- unlikely success of Rat Queens, mm-hmm. um, for your for your books like this, a majority of artists and or writers always have an end game, or you know, guys like George R R Martin, right. who apparently has an end game for Thrones, right. Um, does Rat Queens have a yeah. finality to it, or yeah. you know how many issues you're going to be doing? I or? don't know how many issues, but I know. I know how it ends, and I know um, the idea, the whole concept of Rat Queens is that Rat Queens is a place that people who don't fit in where they come from can find family and find home. And so the idea of the Rat Queens itself is that the Rat Queens is not necessarily the four girls that create the band of the Rat Queens. The Rat Queens is more of an idea that you can stay there a while until you figure out who you are and or until you don't need it anymore and then you find your own way and it's basically a, it's like a place for lost people to find some comfort in and to stay a while to sit a spell essentially so the idea is that like over time the rat queens won't always be what you see them as like the current group of the four characters that are in it now it'll be like you know someone finds a calling or finds a true purpose in their life and off they go would you mind sharing the finale with us here don't laugh well <laughs> They changed their name back to Pussy Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy Rats. Pussy, Pussy Rats. Pussy Queens. Yeah. Uh, Pussy Queens, yes. It basically involves a massive battle and jorts, and I don't know what else <laughs> to say. I'm but, in. All right. I am in. Yes. So uh, you don't know how many issues you're going to be doing, uh, no. but uh, the art on these uh, on these books are amazing. Yeah. Uh, your uh, your collaborator, as it were, your artist. Yes. Are you doing Are you doing the lettering in any of the? Any no, of no. We've I've had uh, Ed Brisson originally lettered Rat Queens, but that guy's kind of recently been just exploding at Marvel. Which is amazing and awesome. I'm really happy for him. He's been like working his ass off in indie comics for like 20 years, uh-huh. and uh, he's been doing crazy awesome crime books, just like self-publishing. They're called Murder Book, and they're awesome. And a lot of talent has come out of those. And it's funny because like not a lot of people know about Murder Book, but it's like uh, Mike Walsh, who's a massive artist at Marvel. That's where he started, and, and pretty much everyone that's worked with Ed is now like a superstar at Marvel. And so now he's finally getting his his due. So he was a letter on Rat Queens for a while, and then when we came back with uh, we relaunched Rat Queens this year with a new artist, and um, we have a new letter of Ryan Ferrier who came on to do it, uh, and the new artist Owen Jenny. Well, see, Todd, superstars at Marvel. You see, you, you hear that? You just got to yep. work with that. Yeah. Marvel <laughs> rules. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get made fun of because I'm not a I'm I'm he hates Marvel. I, I don't hate Marvel, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm also not a superhero guy, yeah. and I'm not. And so I think that for every person that like buys a Spider-Man comic, they should like at least check out Rat Queens or Saga or something like that. You know, I like, I, I agree. Not just because it's Rat Queens, but I think like it's weird because a lot of people don't step outside of that. They they like I did you know years ago had no clue that there was other stuff out there, and I think it's. You know, there should be like a nice balance. Like, the, yeah, superheroes can be fun and whatever, but like, 
you're going to kind of get the same stories yeah. over and over again. Where I feel like, How dare you. I know. Let's <laughs> 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 be honest here. Yeah. Uh, That's. I mean, come on. Let's, have you seen any Marvel movies that were different from the previous <laughs> oh, Marvel hey, movie? Man, all right. Point That's taken. Not fair. <laughs> what? Why not? Why is that? I actually. I, I, there's only so many cameras to go around. <laughs> <laughs> I I just kind of jumped off that train. I, I stopped going to the movies, the Marvel movies. Um, I, I watched Doctor Strange when I was building miniatures because I was like, I can do both. Because I'm sure they're both. Yeah, Doctor Strange was just. I was like, what is going on? This is so dumb. Doctor Strange and Guardians, like the volume two, like they I both, didn't see that one. They both like at the at the end, they, the main character punches a planet. Like it's. Like that's mm, the, that sounds that's, good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not only do you and Todd share beards, but also share ideas. <laughs> well, yeah. so it's, yeah. I, I'm not, but I, I, I like, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that like, I, I would dislike them for being Marvel fans. Like, I've had people buy that's multiple, multiple copies of my comics <laughs> that are huge. At Marvel least I know fans. my beard's not making me pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So I, uh, so yeah. So I, I'm not. I don't. I don't, my I don't. It's my back tattoo that does that for me. <laughs> I didn't know it was made people pretentious. <laughs> it's my lower back okay, tattoo. Okay, I was gonna say, do you have a tramp stamp? Is that what? You, is that what you're confessing here on the show? It's an exclusive for you guys' show. <laughs> getting one done tomorrow. So I, it's an interesting point that you bring up about you know. I think Todd does have a point. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're picking up a Spider-Man, feel free to pick up something like Rat Queens. Mm-hmm. Not allowed. My, no, no, my, yeah. <laughs> my question, not in my store. Not in my store. <laughs> but my question Marvel is this: only. then, if if that is, is it? We're drawn to those. We're drawn to those superheroes because of. Well, they're constantly being thrown in your face. They are, but I mean, as a guy who hadn't, I didn't have it thrown in my face. I mean, my da- my my dad bought me my first comic books, but mm-hmm. like. You're Did he s- throw them in your face? Yeah. <laughs> get out of my face, kid. Read me. Superman and Batman. Now, get out of yeah. here. Captain America. No, but no. There's, there's something about Superman that inspires. There's right. something about there's something about Batman where you want to be him. There's something about Spider-Man where you think that this rambunctious kid could be you. It's called it, a soundtrack. Yeah. Well, doesn't... I mean, <laughs> how, how do you... I mean, as an independent writer, and I guess this is for both of you guys, mm. an independent writer and artist, how do you draw those kinds of people in to your work when they are looking for... How do you get me to read the book without them wearing underwear on the outside? That's true. Have you read There are a lot of times where there's nothing but underwear. My <laughs> shorts are the underpants on the outside that you can wear like normal clothes. Well, I'm just kind of curious because you know, these, are, these are... I mean, I know they're established heroes, but I mean, the reason why we, we like them so much is... Because of their character. G, do, do you like comics? I do like comics. Would you like to look at my comic? I have looked at it. Okay. I haven't read Stop it. Stop asking. But, I've looked <laughs> but that's You're how I get people get you to come in. I mean, yeah. right. you know, like, I, I think I, that like I have a big question on the uh, the phenomenon of like you know D and D how we we're kind of talking about yeah. that earlier in Rat Queens. It's like what because to be honest, I I wasn't a D and D player, so I don't really understand it from. You know how the phenomenon has been blowing up, and more people have been yeah. coming into D and D and that kind of um, role playing games and hobbies. Do you, Do you think the popularity of Rat Queens helped to feed that, or that Rat Queens is popular because the role playing games are becoming more popular, or mm-hmm. are they? You know, are they helping each other out? It's interesting because the way you talk, Kurt, is it sounds like that your time as a 
uh, a DM, your dungeon master. Yeah. Sounds like that inspired some of the yeah. writings in Yeah, Rack there Queens. is. is that like, fair? It's definitely, there's definitely that. Uh, and I think one of my goals with Rack Queens is I was never make the humor something that only gamers would understand. Because that's, gamer humor is, um, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's yeah. like Penny Arcade. Don't get me started. They're a bunch of freaking nerds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like when Travis tells a joke, I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that referencing? <laughs> it's it's not it's it's it, well that's that's the thing you have to understand the reference and I never wanted the comedy to rely on people the, the inside joke I didn't want it to be an inside joke I wanted the comedy to hit for everyone and if you were a gamer it would hit that just a little bit more right sure. that that was always how I wanted the comedy to be in the book so yeah there's definitely role playing game influence in there you know it's some of my I jab a little bit at the like. With some of the silliness of high fantasy, or I jab a little, you know, a few jokes here or there at like role playing games. Um, but I don't know. As far as like, I don't think I don't think it had anything to do with D and D coming back. I just because it happened kind of quickly, and it it did in happen. the same time period that Rat Queens began existing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was it? I mean, I'll I will take that credit and go give it to me. But it's, I don't it's think Game of Thrones. It's I, sex and I may have a back tattoo, but I'm not that pretentious to claim that I brought back D and D into popular culture. No, he is the George R R Martin of the comic book world. I got it. No, I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Now. Uh, apparently, he reads Rat Queens. I heard that from a comic no. book. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. I heard that from a comic book wow. bookstore. He lives in Arizona. New right. Mexico. Uh, New Mexico, that's right. Yeah, and oh, sorry, don't, don't, yeah, it's New Mexico. I, I, don't. I, I've met him. I've, yeah, yeah. Oh. I've met him in New Mexico, that's how I know. Yeah, he's know. from New Mexico. In, in a, well, I'm not. They room roomed or... together once. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you should hear it's, those stories. No. <laughs> but yeah, he's got yeah. soft hands. <laughs> he's very gentle. <laughs> and a very soft So, beard. wait a minute, how did he get, how did he, how did, uh, how did he get it? I mean, obviously, how, did you send him a copy? Or no, 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 I just, I saw a post online that a store owner... Uh, someone went into a store in in uh, New Mexico, and just asking for what you know what was they they like comedies and they like uh, fantasy books and like what could they read and they said oh here's Rat Queens, uh, it's like well, how do they say it like George R R Martin reads it so so should you I guess he, that was the store that he went to wow was, yeah well so that's that cool that's pretty cool so <laughs> if we see in the next season of Game of Thrones on HBO four women <laughs> <laughs> monster hunting <laughs> college age <laughs> college <laughs> age with, with their clothes on yeah with their clothes on <laughs> for once we know where it's from yeah. damn him damn him well, anyway, listen, um, uh, we're almost almost out of time, but I'd like to open the floor to everybody. If there's a question you'd like to ask Mr. Weeb, uh, be, you're more, more than feel free to do so. As, as long uh, as it's not about my back tattoo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you are going to show us after, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> nice. That's why I didn't want this to be broadcast on video. Okay, good, good. Well, uh, just as long as we're doing that. Well, I'm going to see that for the show. Uh, Travis, you're sitting in on the pot. I, I, it seems like you have uh, a couple of questions for Mr. Weeb. Uh, I I would appreciate Travis's point of view just because he's a gamer and and you know, a uh, Queens fan as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very curious about the crossover between the. Games yeah, that is true. Well, it's a good crossover. It's kind of a gateway thing. It's like, do you enjoy this? You might actually enjoy rolling dice and having fun with it. It's scripted stories. It's fantastic. I enjoy the fact that you got Patrick Roth's story short story for you, <laughs> even though you told him his. He was a dick earlier in the podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. How dare you be a dick? Hey, you wrote a story. Can I publish it? Yeah, that was that was kind of a funny thing. That was um, 
he he basically was doing a fundraiser. For, he does a, this uh, World Builders fundraiser. I think they do it twice a year. And it's, like, this really great program. And they have a lot of, like, nerd kind of related stuff, uh, yeah. comics and, and board games and video games, all that kind of stuff, all these th- different types of things that, you know, you can uh, donate and get all these kinds of prizes. But his was that basically once they reached, like, a stretch goal, basically, for the fundraiser, mm-hmm. he would write a, a backup story for, uh, for Rat Queens. And that just... It worked out. They got the stretch goal, and he did the story, and it was really awesome. Um, but yeah, he's he's been really good. He's been a good support of of the book and, and me too. He's he actually him and his company took on our merchandising for for the clothing line that my wife started a few years ago, and just could never keep it going because she couldn't she didn't have enough money to buy the amount of stuff she needed to keep the store stocked, and so they just came in and said, "We'll we'll handle all that." So she still does like works with them for designs and stuff. So yeah, he's a really good dude. Wow, that's awesome. He does all and uh, you know it's a lot. Uh, the proceeds go to his charity, and yeah. Anyway, that was a really cool connection to have. I it was weird because I I that we had that exchange online mm. about like, hey, I treated you like an <laughs> asshole. He's like, I probably was one, and then <laughs> See, yeah. I told these guys a thousand times, being a dick gets you everything. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, but we. we <laughs> He was at Emerald City Comic Con, not this year, but the year before, and it was just kind of a thing where he was like, I just tweeted at him, just a private message, that, hey, I'm going to be at the con, do you want to get together? And he's like, oh yeah, I'll try to squeeze in, like, we'll get a coffee or something. And uh, we went for coffee, and it was literally a three hour, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta go, but we're sitting there talking, we're talking about, like, his charities that he's doing, and then we're talking about the clothing, and he's like, oh, we'll do that for you. He's like, oh, by the way, we've got this new game, and they pulled up this game. It was like, uh, what is Tack? Tack, yeah. 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 Tack so he's like, we'll play fun. a game of Tack, and I was like, uh, okay, sure. So he's, <laughs> he started demo, his new demo game, and it was, it was like, crazy, so that was, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, Tack came from his uh, books. He's like, yeah, I didn't books. think it could be a real game. It's and a great game. Like, it's really complex. The game for him. It's super complex, super simple. Yeah, uh, he beat my ass, but you know, <laughs> it's only fair. Well, it's he, his he, game. It's, 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 it's actually not his game. It's based off the idea of his game. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I forget gotcha. the name of the game designer who actually went like, no, here, let me take this. The guy who does all the, the, the cheap ass games, I think they're called. Oh, is oh. The designer. Oh, yeah. oh, is it? Um, yeah. So, any other questions from the uh, from the peanut gallery or the pan? I should say. Anything else you'd like to uh, broach to Mr. Weeb? Because I got a couple more questions. Are you? Um, are you? What are you working on? At, do you have any other? Projects lined up after Rack Damn Ranger. it, he took one of mine. <sighs> Good, two of them. Tired, and I got a bottle of whiskey it, waiting yeah. for me. I, oh, man. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, we can get a bottle and keep this podcast going. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to drive an hour. <laughs> we have an Uber driver here for you. Oh, hey. Uber, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that I'm working on right now besides Rack Queens is Gears of War, which was oh, announced cool. this summer, mm-hmm. and I'm writing this series for that. Uh, I finished the first issue before I came on holidays because they gave me two weeks to do it. Uh, <laughs> so, are you are you writing this as a comic, or are you writing this for another game? Yeah, it's a comic series, so yeah. it's a comic version of the world. Um, they haven't announced anything like what the story's about. I, pr- I probably can't talk about it yet, but sure. uh, it's it's if people are fans of the game, it's going to surprise them what, what we're doing. I didn't want to do something that everyone would expect because that's just not interesting to me. So, we're doing something with the story that I think. It'll be familiar, but like in a, it'll totally reverse the game as far as how the story is being told nice. and everything. So I think people will 
I'd be pretty surprised when we announced what well, it's about. Right, right, right. Because like I said, I've, I've always a fan of the series. Mm-hmm. I was never a fan of the story, I mean, as far as the game goes. Right. So uh, getting to see something else other than what we normally get in a Gears of War game would be kind of fun. Yeah, and, and I think the Gears of War actually has a pretty interesting mythology. Like yes. there's, there's right, right. a really interesting yeah, mythology and history to it. So, uh, I mean, there's lots of things you can do with it. So I'm just going to try to make it really weird and awkward and <laughs> violent. Well, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how long is that run for? Uh, I, I'm not... I, th- I think it's going to be three miniseries. Oh, wow. Uh, as far as I understand it. And I don't know the timeline on it. Mm-hmm. I, the first... This arc that I'm working on right now comes out in January. Okay, good. Yeah. So this January, we can look for that. Do, do we have a title yet, or is it just Gears of War? Ju- just Gears of War for now. I do have a title for it, but... Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. you can't talk about it. <laughs> How many covers are there going to be? Gears of War. I uh, don't know. Rats. <laughs> 30 different variant covers. All that I have no control over, but probably. Uh, when can we expect the next issue of Rat Queens? So we have uh, the Orc Dave special coming out this month. Woo! And then we have... I anticipated. It, it is. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that cover art is it. very enticing. Orc yeah. Dave is, is looking tasty. Yeah, Orc Dave is looking fine. Uh, Fiona draws a great Orc Dave. That actually all came about. Fiona Staples, a friend of mine, and uh, she, like when I, I teased it online, I said because I posted this piece that Fiona did years ago as fan art, and it's basically just Orc Dave. You can probably find it online. It's Orc Dave, kind of a behind shot of his like his very bulbous ass <laughs> and like muscular body, and then like the bluebirds just kind of hanging out. And like when she posted that a few years ago, people went crazy. So I reposted <laughs> the picture, and I was like, "Who'd be up for an Orc Dave one shot?" And I posted that, and people were going crazy, like, "Yeah, that's, I'd love to see a book like that." And then I kind of retweeted and I said to Fiona, "I was like, you know, maybe if it happened, you'd do a new cover." And she's like, "Yep." So I was like, all right. <laughs> and I was like, I, I emailed uh, Jim Valentino at uh, the, my publisher, and I was like, this is kind of what I'd like to do. Are you okay with that? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So it all kind of nice. just came from a kind of a Twitter joke. Yeah. Like yeah, I said, I had a Fiona Staples variant cover of Rat Queens number one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, she's done work for me. Like, she's done that cover, and then she That's does an like, incredible cover. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's, the, it's cover the cover of the, of the trade. trade. Yeah. 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 How many issues are we in uh, for Rat Queens number one? Uh, Right, issue five of the second series. So you didn't 16, really cover this too much, but they were, they were. Um, the first run was fifteen. Well, first sixteen one issues. Sixteen issues. Fifteen issues. Fifteen coherent <laughs> issues. He doesn't acknowledge the sixteenth issue. Well, it's a super secret so seventeen can, one that I want. If you right. can find that single, then. so the trade there is a there is a trade for those first. Yes, yeah, so there is. The sixteenth issue doesn't make it into the trades. <laughs> but then, they restarted recently with the number one oh, this okay. year. Yeah, Got so it. there's three trades so far, and then yeah, we started again with the new numbering of with Owen Jenny on art. It started in March, wow. uh, so yeah, we have Orc Dave coming up uh, this month, and then next month the trade comes out that collects all of Owen's uh, first five issues, and then November we're back with a new arc uh, called the Giant Colossal Magic Nothing, I think. Next time we have you on, or another comic book guy, I gotta know how this this numbering works. It, you know, I I, I really the the reboot, one, maybe. <laughs> two. It, it, it's well, three. and then it goes back on itself. Again. It doesn't seem no, like it's it's, it's, it's it's it goes back to like McFarlane releasing Spawn like eighteen, twenty five, twenty one, thirty. Like he just released what was uh, he done. just released them out of order. We're talking yeah. about like number ones happening. Yeah. So like the thing was when we reboot we didn't really it was kind of hard because 
uh, with issue 16, um, the artist who had worked on that, uh, we parted ways, and I didn't want to finish that storyline. I wasn't happy with the storyline at all. I, I, I actually didn't know what to do with the series anymore, and I probably should have stopped writing before the third volume, but we already did that 16th issue, so Owen came on, and it was like, well, do we start with 17? And it's not it's not going to be connected to that 16th issue. Like, I wanted to restart the story. So it would be super confusing on that level. People were like, I'm reading issue 17, but, like, issue 16. We're treating it like issue 16 didn't happen. Gotcha. So we are kind of doing that anyway with the renumbering. But then mm-hmm. it's like, it's a number one. So you at least understand that it's a new story. And even if right now it's not connected to what came before, mm-hmm. like, it's still it's its own you know, a brand new story, but it will eventually like connect. But otherwise, it was just it was too convoluted to try to just start with number seventeen and, and so we went back to just started over. And and honestly, the series needed it just like a fresh, not just for just to like make things a little bit clearer, but for me creatively, I just like I needed to take the time off and sure. Cause, cause the honest truth is, I hated working on it for for a long time. Really? I, oh yeah. Wow. I hated it, and so I I needed to just be like. I, why did I like writing this in the first place? So I took a break, and I just I reread it, and I just tried to kind of get in touch with what I like, what was it about the series that I loved writing, and figuring that out led to what I've been writing now in the series. Wow! So which has been selling as right. stronger as strong as ever for Rackers. Uh, yeah, I'm. I it was a big concern that like renumbering it and coming back with another artist. Uh, I fully expected it not to come back for very long interesting yeah okay. and uh our number one new number one sold more than the original mm-hmm. number one and our sales have been higher than they were for the third volume so we sell a lot of them i had to hide all those books that you signed today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kept pushing i'm like oh wait where are all the books i didn't realize you hit them all all, all i'm hearing is is that i need a copy of number 16 that's all I'm that's, that's a super all, secret. Yeah, that's all gonna, I'm hearing. You have to talk to me later on. <laughs> yes. I might have a sign. Oh, man, that's all. all I'm hearing. <laughs> There's also probably a lot of them in my shredder. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing you, you want, though, is, is the script for okay. 17. Yeah, yeah. that okay. will make so no, much no, that's sense. that's great. Keep putting the 16s in your shredder. That's it. That's it. I'll get in, that copy from you. <laughs> more than no, 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 you won't. That goes my bolt, yeah, my speculation bolt that Alika hates. Well, well, um, it's in that your speculation vault is a white box over there to Mark Travis. <laughs> no, no, that, that's the ones I read. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. okay. Uh, before we get out of here, yeah. Mr. Weeb, um, where can we find you? Are you a social media uh, guy? Unfortunately, or? yeah. Uh, I'm very jaded and I mostly hate social media. In fact, I have this conversation quite often mm-hmm. that. I really don't think creators should be on social media, but that's another story. Um, I'm still there. Uh, <laughs> still there. Right. You don't want to be there, but you're forced to be the, there. Uh, the hypocrisy as is I was, right As right I was now. yelling at all of you, uh, like I was drunk, saying, stay out of my feeds, America. <laughs> um, but anyway, Get I'm off on my lawn, America. Yeah, basically. Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Curtis J. Weeb, and I'm on Instagram, I think, is just courtesy of, I think. Um, but I, that's Instagram is kind of where I post most of my stuff. Right. It's a little bit more personal. Um, on Twitter, I post like, 
I don't even know. I don't really post on there anymore. I don't. I never use it. I just use it to like say That's hey. Where he tells other writers to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set up interviews with Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like let's play games for three hours. I do actually weirdly. I think that's a, honestly the only reason I'm on social media is because I can like like talk with other people in like creative industry. That's it. Like I I messaged. Uh, I tweeted at the um, showrunner for Dark Matter just to be like, hey, sorry your show got canceled. Hope things are good. And he's like, oh hey, I love Rackleens. I'm like. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's <laughs> talk. Oh, I see. Well, I was going to say, so, a showrunner, Rat Queens, and then you... Dun, 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 dun. Dark Matter just got canceled. It's interesting. That'd be cool. Yeah. sci-fi show. For as oh, much yeah. as you hate social media, you like the affirmation. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that's you for exactly why everybody's on social media. It's just... Instantaneous. What? Um, do you have any like uh, convention appearances coming up either? Uh, no, I. Well, I have. Uh, when I get back from my little vacation here, um, I'm going out to. This is not going to make sense to anyone who listens to this podcast. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh, uh, I, I know where that is. I do you really? Yeah. Oh, uh, Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Yeah, many times. Many times. Uh, yeah, and I do a show there, and then in I'm doing a show called Shucks. S-H-U-X in Vancouver, which is a massive gaming convention. That's their first year. They uh, It's run by the guys who do the Shut Up and Sit Down show. Is that like oh, wow. Canadian PAX? Uh, uh, <laughs> Canadian PAX is PAX Prime. Canadi- Canadian PAX is Shucks. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so I'm doing that, and then I'm actually not really doing shows anymore. I, I've, I'll do like one or two a year. Do you go to Emerald City at all? Anymore? I did last year, but I'm not going anymore. It's it's too expensive. Uh, it's turning into San Diego esque expensive, and yeah. uh, uh-huh. and it's a great show. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's not what it was. So Maui Comic Con from here on out. Right. Gotcha. I yeah, I, I, for that. <laughs> I know this really super Sorry, small show. <laughs> that you can do. Hey, I, well, I just I just did a show uh, a week and a half or two weeks ago. It was, I didn't realize. He said he was in the boobies. I, I was in, the, I was in um, Whitehorse in the Yukon wow. in northern Canada, and that was a very small show. I think there might have been two or 300 people there. Wow. Yeah. Wait, well, tell a guy who stumbled in from the street, and his booth is by the door, and the guy goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> that one was a little bit bigger. But that was in Vancouver, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I actually like the, the smaller shows, uh, to be honest, it's a little bit more laid back. Yeah. I've been enjoying the small show thing where the fans get to interact with it because the bigger cons start to be about movie stars and TV yes, stars and exactly personalities right. and this and that. But the smaller cons that go back to the root of it where, you know, comics are kind of the reason for the season. Yep. And that you get to be up close with the creators of the comics you enjoy. So it's fans interacting directly. And yep. I, I think that's a really experience that both people enjoy the creators also enjoy meeting the actual fans you know right right and not just the speculators with a hundred books to yeah and I'm, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's like one of these you're the writer of rat queens wait you're the writer of <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, it's funny this, this is I the, thought you'd be seven feet tall the, the, the thing about the I thing about look, like orc Dave <laughs> <laughs> I you wish. don't even know what orc I Dave wish. looks like I wish I've seen the cover uh, I, I yeah, actually, I it's funny. The Rat Queens is this thing, and and I think you know Rat Queens has had its its like troubles with t- with schedules, and it's it's been a constant chaos. Uh, it's managed to survive all of that because yeah. the title is way bigger than anyone who creates it, yeah. and uh, I'm not. It's not a brag. It's just a reality, and it's 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 had its its perks and its disadvantages. Like new stuff that I do just doesn't sell. 
comparatively. Like, wow. just because it's not, people don't go there thinking this is like Curtis Weaves' book. They go there because they know those four characters. It's kind of become its own in a much smaller capacity, mm-hmm. like Spider Man. People by Spider Man don't really care who's writing it for the most part. Like the the, you know, the main audience doesn't really care that much, and that's kind of what like what Ragnarok has been. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you mentioned Dark Matter earlier. What do you think about it? it? Was originally a comic to get the money to make a TV show. Is that what it was? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. That's very common though now. That and in fact. I've been in a few meetings for television stuff that it's like, if I've had a pitch, it's like, you know what we should really do? This is a really great idea, but why don't we make a comic first, and then we'll see if we can get it made into a TV show. I'm like, I'm not here to pitch a comic book. I'm here to pitch a television show. I already do comic books. Like, well, <laughs> well then we can do them. I'm like, you don't you don't get it. Oh, man, I wish we had another hour, because I wanted to talk about your uh, cool uh, Whoopi Goldberg comic idea. My <laughs> <laughs> like Cronenberg menopause yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to talk about that and your television stuff, but we can't. I know you got to get out of here, but... Well, well, let me tell you one thing. What? I have an email from Kevin Sorbo. Oh, wow. I love me some Kevin Sorbo. I, what, is he, what did he want from uh, Mr. Weeb? Well, that'll be for another time, my friend. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> He's going to play Orc Dave. <laughs> well, Mr. Weeb, it Dave. has been an absolute pleasure talking to you this evening. Um, uh, there's a one one last question I want to ask. Is there anything that you're reading right now that uh, is inspiring your work or are you enjoying? Right uh, now? Not necessarily inspiring my work, but I've been sharing the gospel of Junji Ito. And I suggest everyone go check out his stuff because he's a master, an absolute master. He does... Um, manga, it's basically manga horror. And uh, he's this crazy, amazing mind that a lot of his stuff deals with uh, human compulsion. And um, it's amazing. You can tell that he thinks humans are just disgusting mess of a creature. He's a dentist. <laughs> can, you, can you spell his name? And he's a dentist. That's actually what his day job is, which is pretty nice. funny. Uh, it's, it's J-U-N-J-I and then Ito's I-T-O. He's a, if you want to check out his seminal work that most people know is called Uzumaki, which is all about this man in this small coastal Japanese town that um, becomes obsessed with spirals, and it's this obsession that slowly starts to um, take hold of everybody in this town, and they all start seeing and like witnessing spirals everywhere they go. It's a, it's a masterwork. It's amazing. Wow. Check that out. Well, uh, Mr. Weeb, you have been an absolute pleasure, sir. Yes, I have. Once, yes, you have. <laughs> Once again, where can, we, where can we find you on social media if you want to take a look at your stuff? At uh, Curtis J. Weeb on Twitter and just uh, Curtis Weeb on Instagram. Well, fantastic. We certainly appreciate you coming to the store and uh, gracing us with your presence here on the lovely island of Maui. I'm, hey, uh, I'm so glad you could bring the family as well. I hope you guys have a, a wonderful stay while you're still here. And then uh, please come by and visit. And uh, if I may say so myself, uh, once again, October 28th and 29th, Maui Comic Con 2017. <laughs> so just to let you know. So, I'm, I'm trying to get him for 2018. Oh, okay. Give him some time. All right. Cool. All right, all right. I don't just, think he's going to have time. In, all right. That's like just check. I was just seven right. weeks away. I man. just thought I'd throw it out there. Just don't go back. Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw it. Email everything. Until November. And then, yeah, yeah, you can, you can then carry you can go me for two months. Yeah, 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 yeah perfect. No no, yeah, you can crash at all of our houses yeah, yeah. for a week. My wife will love that. All right, well, we're out of time, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Mr. Curtis Weeb. I uh, did. Uh, yeah. I, I guess did. you guys did a fantastic. Bring on the back tattoo. That's what I stay That's what we're all staying for. It kind of looks like a <laughs> so for Todd, for Travis, for Format, for Alika, for myself, G Money, and for the man of the hour, Mr. Curtis Wee, big Woo! round of applause. Thank you. Yeah.
until next oh. time, peace out, much love, and most assuredly, always stay nerdy. And until next Nerd Watch, we say to you guys, all alone. Oh.